Welcome back to the Project 24 Blogging Podcast. This is episode 178. Well, today's the big day. Actually, it's not the big day. It's the day after the big day <laughs> that we're recording uh, that we uh, launched the new blogging system. And we're so excited to finally have that out and for you all to be able to start looking through it and working through it. We hope that you enjoy it. But uh, of course, we are here for any questions you have. And we're actually going to be talking a little bit more about it later in the podcast. But first, uh, let's get to a couple questions. The first one um, is from Navid Ahmed Mayo, and they say, I have a plan of making a website on the toilet niche. Is it a good one? Kindly seniors, share your feedback on this. Um, so uh, the question made me smile. <laughs> um, it's kind of a funny <laughs> niche to be in. Um, I think it could work. I would just say that whatever content you're writing, it shouldn't just be product focused. Yeah. Um, if you can somehow write it, that it also doesn't happen to be medical. <laughs> if you can find a way to write, you know, articles that aren't also medical, um, talking about toilets, then yeah, I would say that this niche could work. It's kind of one of those weirder niches, I think. Uh, but we do have a garbage disposal niche. Mm -hmm. We do. Um, and so, and it happens to work pretty well. But many of the articles that work really well are search queries related to things that happen around garbage disposals and that sort of thing. It's not, uh, you know... 10 best garbage disposals. Th that's not our top article. Um, it's really those uh, search queries around the topic itself. Yeah, and if, if we're going to try to go for the topic of toilets, then I would probably try to leave room to cover more than just toilets. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, could be like just bathroom stuff, mm -hmm. like layout, design, options of different like, mm -hmm. you know, types of sinks and toilets and stuff. Right, I mean, right. I don't know. Um, it could be like even plumbing. Like right. you could even expand a little bit farther there. That could get really general. But yeah, I I would just want to leave room for yeah. mm -hmm. for a little bit more than just toilets because again, if we're just gonna be constantly writing those affiliate articles, best this, best toilet for this, best toilet for that, it's gonna be difficult to get very much search search traffic. And if you don't if you don't get the traffic, that doesn't, really, it that doesn't matter how optimized your article <laughs> yeah, is. For that it. would really stink. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Good one, Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So next question is from Horse Fact Book. And they say, I know this is a probably a commonly asked question, especially for people that are new to blogging or Project 24, but I'm neither of those. And I have no idea what I'm doing wrong, which is why I'm posting. I've been working on my site for a few years and joined P24 in January 2021. But since then, although I did initially see a rise in traffic, I'm also seeing my traffic drop almost daily and am at a loss as what I'm doing wrong. I've watched the whole course on blogging and to the best of my knowledge, I follow the steps to the letter, but still my traffic isn't increasing despite adding new content all of the time. I put all my spare time into the site, which I don't mind doing if there's a return on my hard work, but it's just not happening. For about six months, I removed most of the adverts on my site, but after a review with Ezoic, they said that it could have a negative impact on my core web vitals. So I put them back last week. I'm also in the process of adding mediation, but at the moment, Ezoic is having a problem with connecting to AdSense. Um, I'm going to just skip down here a little bit later. Um, she says, my husband and I are in the process of producing an info product 
that we're about to add to the site, but we're going by the current performance. I'm not sure if it's worth it. Does anyone have any advice for what I'm doing wrong or what I can do to fix this? As I say, I'm adding new content all the time and I'm creating info products, but the numbers just aren't there. So um, I've looked at the site actually quite a bit. And before recording here, um, we, we spent a few minutes looking over a few specific things as well. Um, so this is a site since uh, basically it, the traffic peaked last May, uh, so a little over a year ago, and went on a fairly steady decline with the exception of a little bit of a, a spike in August. Uh, went on a decline until basically the end of the year, until Christmas. And then in January, ticked back up. And since January has been almost totally flat. Um, in fact, even just looking at the weekly, the weekly views the first week of January versus the weekly views last week are like within 50 of each other, 50 views, page views. Um, so, I mean, it's not declining anymore. It's leveled out. Now, that's not very exciting when you're continuing to add more content. We should be seeing growth. So um, I just wanted to lay that foundation, though. And the reason I know this, by the way, is because you shared your analytics with me in order to be able to help. And um, so anyway, so I'm glad we get to do this here yeah. today a little bit because I think it's really valuable. Um, the main help that I had done on the site before was looking at Core Web Vitals. That was an issue. The time frame where the traffic started to drop lined up with Google's update last year on Core Web Vitals. Um, I don't think that is the driver behind most of this. I think the bigger driver is that also during that last time frame over the last year, we saw a ton of sites like lose all their snippets. So if you were were winning snippets before, because I know you're writing answer targets, um, and then those snippets all disappeared, and your article is now ranking number three instead, which again, um, spot checking a bunch of these articles for what the primary search query seems to be for the article, we see a lot of articles ranking in the three to five range. Um, if a handful of those or even several of those were ranking number one because of the snippet, you would lose traffic for that. Um, and so what do we do about that? I think that the, the best, there, there are a couple of options, right? We could try to go win back all of our snippets, but that kind of feels like a, a whack-a-mole kind of game because you might win one back and then either Google makes a switch or somebody else writes an article or updates their answer target and suddenly you've lost it again. And so we're constantly like whacking those moles, right? In that, like that game. Um, I think the better thing to do is to write our articles with answer targets in the, because that is one of the things that can help drive our article to the top. And then if we're not winning the, the snippet, it's okay. Uh, I think the better thing to do would be to focus efforts on the EAT building. This is a, a site that, um, uh, you're very passionate about Lucy. You've, um, you know, the topic you, I mean, we talked about this, you, you know horses. I mean, this is actually something you have real experience with. So let's take that and work on growing the EAT. Let's start um, trying to collaborate with some of the other bloggers. I think there are others even within the horse space, but even um, either within the pet space or, um, I mean, horses kind of span beyond pets also to like a lot of people that are into like you know, anything with like farming or even homesteading horses is going to have some overlap. 
let's look for some good people even within Project 24 especially who you could write guest content for. They could write guest content for you um, covering the topic that they're the expert on. Um, let's see if you can uh, find some podcasts that you could go be on because of your experience with horses and your knowledge about them. I don't think it would be very difficult for you to carry on a very good conversation, very helpful conversation with people um, on a podcast. I think that is going to do more for you to bump numerous articles from number three to five up to maybe number one or two. And that's going to do a lot more for your overall traffic than basically trying to write a hundred more articles covering really specific search queries. Uh, not to say don't add more content. Obviously more content's always um, going to be a good option, but um, I would, I think I would focus on EAT more so than um, yeah. than trying to rewin snippets or any of those other things we could do. And then as far as like an info product, even with the level of traffic that you have, you could make a good income from an, from an info product. We're not going to be able to just post it on the website and then get a bunch of sales. You're probably going to start having to put together an email list, put out some sort of newsletter with helpful content. That's, that's kind of part of the game when it comes to selling an info product just on a blog. But, I, but even with the amount of traffic you have, if you do that well, you're going to be able to earn a great income from it. So if you're considering an info product at all, start the email list now. Um, work on building that up. Keep that list warm by sending them helpful content, helpful information. Um, and at that point, you're going to be in a really good position to sell an info product once you're ready with it. Something that I'd just like to say is that based on your posts in the Project 24 community, it just sounds I can understand and hear the frustration from you absolutely and i we totally get that um this is something that is incredibly frustrating i was just talking to ricky the other day uh, one of my sites lost 50 percent traffic in this last google update it is frustrating um you know after putting in all this work into something that you care so much about it's hard to see it decline um what i think that is good here is that like ricky mentioned earlier is that your traffic is currently not declining rather plateaued Right. Um, and after looking at some of your analytics, um, I did a comparison here just of at the height of your articles last year versus this month. So kind of a comparison from whatever, I think mid-June to mid-July this year versus mid-June to mid-July last year. Um, and some of the new articles I can see, the new articles that you have written are ranking. Um, and so some of those articles that the content you've been putting out isn't doing nothing, which is good to see. Um, it's still ranking. Um, like Ricky said, I would also hypothesize that you probably lost Google snippets. Um, I looked at so many sites during the time frame when that was happening, and your site looks very similar. The analytics look similar. Um, and so something that you could do if you do want to go try and win back a few snippets, maybe some really high-value articles that you can you can you realize were high-value just based on the traffic they were getting, um, you could go do a little comparison like that in analytics um, so that you could see, like, okay, maybe I'll just try it on five, five of my highest value articles. Um, and then like Ricky said, like just keep moving forward, keep doing it. Um, it is really frustrating and kind of discouraging, but I think that your site has a lot of potential here. You just, you know the niche so well. Um, and I think that if you keep going, you're and especially with the eat building, I think that that's going to be a huge one. Um, so anyway, I hope, hope you don't give up, keep going on it. I think that um, it's going to work out. And um, anyway, those are just a couple of my thoughts. Awesome. All right. So next question is, 
I've gone through the new course except for the last two phases, removing niche selection, WordPress, etc. I understand is below. One, first 30 response posts, search analysis. Two, 20 staple posts, pillar posts for previous or relatively close to previous topic clustering. And three, drafting and existing data. I understand I should not strictly make anything rigid, but still want to get a little more understanding on how to choose topics for topic clustering and how exactly to proceed after first 50 posts. In the topic clustering video, I hear we should exhaust the topic and even write it if there's no search volume. On the other hand, I hear at middle or end, apply search analysis on this cluster, which means we would need to check the volumes and see competition. Did I get it mixed up? The cluster will have only those articles which fit the phase two search analysis, but still make, will it still make a cluster? Is this topic clustering, will it be based on content already written or based on new topics? If the new topics, then would the basis for it be drafting, sniping, finding major topics, and then do topic clustering on that? Is that the idea? All right. So I'm happy to clarify some things here. Um, with search analysis, the way that we're teaching it now in some in some aspects it's actually going back to a previous version of search analysis that actually worked better so when we first started teaching search analysis like as a process um, the the first step was to identify the different categories the different topics within your niche that you would want to cover and then people moved on to the ideation phase well, by removing that, like identifying the different categories or topics, um, what happened is search analysis ended up taking on a very like broad approach. It was like within my niche, what are the, you know, let's look for ideas. The whole niche, like super broad. So you write 30 articles, great. But those 30 articles could be on 30 very unrelated topics. And that actually is not nearly as good from an SEO standpoint. Um, even from a, like a usability standpoint for your website, it's not as good as having 30 articles on a few topics that are more closely related. Like when we've had websites like, um, you know, the pontoon boating website that Jim created, that website, it only had 30 articles on it and eventually reached for um, $4,000 a month. In, in the peak season, right? Mm -hmm. um, but that happens, why? Because Jim wrote 30 articles and like 10 of them were about like stuff like you would buy like the tubes, the um, like to go tubing behind the boat, um, like all the, all the cool things to do to make the boat fun. And then talking about that gear, um, reviewing it. And the rest of the content was also on just a few aspects of pontoon boats, like one on like picking the right boat, right? Like, um, you know, how much they cost, where to find them, that kind of stuff. And so what do we have? We have like two or three main categories of content. Now that was not necessarily done totally intentionally. It's just the way that it happened. Like how many times have we done things and they turned out to be right, but we didn't do them intentionally. It's just because, you know, when we started our search analysis, it was like, well, let's look for some topics around buying a boat. And then we do. And we find those and we write those first. And so um, anyway, I think that what's happened is we've, we've seen a lot of people over the last year not 
by not having those kind of subtopics in their mind, their search analysis gets way too spread out. So that's the, that's why the shift in direction. Now, I'm telling you, when if you're starting now, your first 30 posts are probably only going to be on about three different topics. Well, those topics can form the basis of the clusters that we talk about. Um, and so, no, we don't, like, write 30 articles on, like, three topics and then and then start clustering later. What we're doing is we're kind of laying the foundation for clusters of content. Now, I still don't believe in any sort of rigid structure for a website. Siloing does not make sense. Clustering, it makes sense, but only if we do it in a way that makes sense. A lot of people will say, well, a cluster should also be independent and not linked to other clusters. No, that's silly. If two articles are closely related, you should have a link between them. If another article would be a good resource for the user, link to it. That's what you should do. Um, even from an SEO standpoint, it helps show that those two things are interrelated. Clustering should be viewed as like something that sort of happens almost naturally. Um, when we do our search analysis, we're going to identify within a, you know, a category or a, a topic on our website, we're going to identify several different articles we could write. In some categories, it might only be like five or 10. In some categories, it might be 50. But those 50 can easily be grouped together into smaller groupings. Those smaller groupings, I'm referring to them as clusters because it's going to make sense for there to be a lot of interlinking between them. That's all. That's all we're saying here. So we need to not like get too rigid in our thinking around this at all. Um, we're not, yeah, we're not trying to do, um, yeah, we're not trying to create some in, insane structure that's going to, um, you know, convince Google that we're more authoritative than we are. Rather, we're trying, in the end, we're still trying <laughs> to create a resource that's really helpful for people because that's what Google's trying to get us to do. Um, and we just... The, there was another question in here about um, we should exhaust the topic and write articles even if there's no search volume. Um, to some extent, that's true. But not, um, not in the first 30 articles you write or even in the first 50. I would want you to focus on content that has real search volume. The point there is that sometimes within our content, there's going to be some... Um, some bit of information that our users are going to need, um, the readers are going to need to have. They're going to have to get that information from somewhere. That may be a topic that would be really hard to rank for because it's very competitive. Or sometimes that may be a topic that, you know, it would be really helpful for them to know, but maybe most people in that industry already know it. And so the search volume is going to be low, right? But we can go ahead and create a small resource for it anyway. We can go ahead and create another little article or, um, you know, one example of this that, there, I mean, guys, there's so much that we don't yet have in the blogging system that someday we will. Um, and some of it, guys, is just going to be stuff that we just talk about here on the podcast because there's so many different possible things you could do that, that aren't needing to be part of a rigid system. Um, but we can do them anyway. And one of those things is like, in a lot of industries, it'd be really helpful to have a glossary that just defines some of these terms. And then in an article, when you use that word, you just link, you use a, um, you can use an anchored link to link to the glossary and drop right to the spot on the page in that glossary where that word is defined. Nobody's searching 
for the definition of that word. And if they are, they're probably going to land on dictionary.com or Wikipedia. But we have that resource on our website because it helps to clarify for users and for Google what that word means, what its context is. That's what I mean by sometimes creating a resource, even if there's no search volume. I'm not going to go start writing a whole bunch of response posts covering topics with zero search volume. So that's, again, why I mean we still apply search analysis to it, um, to these topics within our cluster. So it can be, it may feel confusing. It may feel contradictory. It's not because it's two different things, I guess, is what I'm getting at. And if I haven't talked that in a circle um, (laughs) (laughs) already, okay, so there's just a lot um, in this blogging system. And I think the big thing about the new blogging system is not everything in the system is part of a rigid process. Mm -hmm. We started with 60 steps and it was like, do the 60 steps, this, 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 and this. And then with the last blogging course, it was like, mostly do this, 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 and this, but also we're going to teach you some stuff that you may or may not do, but you need to know how to do it. Like I give you um, lots of different ways to do original research, lots of different formats for staple posts. You might not use all that. Mm -hmm. That's okay. Well, with our blogging system now, we are going to start, I say start, because the blogging system is by no means done. Mm-mm. This is like the, the foundation of what's coming. Um, but with the blogging system, we're going to be providing substantially more resources and information so that you can learn things that you can do. Um, and you need to pick and choose what you're going to do. Yeah. So the first few phases are very much step-by-step. But at some point it starts being like, hey, here's a principle or here's something you can do. Here's how to do it. But now you decide if it's the right fit for you. So that really ties into the last part of the question here. If new topics, then would that basis be for drafting, sniping, finding major topics, doing topic clustering? Yes, Yes, exactly. And no. And no, it's like (laughs) choose. Like you're going to find things in your niche. Maybe in your niche, you find some really great, we're going to call it drafting, you know. Um, Maybe that works really, really well for you. Maybe it doesn't, you know, maybe one of the other methods is going to work really well for you. And it's really just approaching the teaching, like learn the concepts, use your analytical mind to then go figure out, okay, I'm going to go test this. I'm going to go try that. And we're going to see what works best for me. And it could be based on your niche. It could be based on you personally, just how you understand and how you want to implement. Um, So not necessarily do you have to use all of these every time, or do you have to use any of them all the time? It's just do what works for you. We're just going to provide you all of the resources so that you can be kind of armed with the tools that you need in pretty much any circumstance. And that tells me that we might need over time to provide even more guidance, maybe in the roadmaps. Yep. um, To clarify that, because at the very beginning, it is very much step-by-step, do these things. Phase two, it's like, do this, then do this, then do this. But it's because we assume you're coming here or we assume you may be coming here with no experience. So we're going to walk you through how to set up a WordPress site. We're going to walk you through search analysis. And then um, we're going to literally walk you through how to write your first article, Mm -hmm. a response post. Um, We're going to teach you answer targets. We're going to do all these things and we want you to do every step. But yeah, by probably about phase four, it's more like, here's some stuff. It's all good stuff. It's like the EAT course. I mean, there's a bunch of stuff in there. Some of it you're not going to do, um, and that's okay. But we're going to teach you what all those things are so that you know what your options are. Um, some things are just not going to make any sense. 
other things. And there are probably things you could do for EAT that we didn't even cover. Yeah. That maybe we add someday. I don't know. Um, and, and that's fine. So the, the point there is like, we want you to be able to do all these things um, and do the ones that are going to fit for you. So one of the things that, that's hard um, is, is basically <laughs> every time that we come out with courses, and this is by no means a criticism, um, but every time we come out with courses, there are always going to be a, several questions we get. I've had so many questions over the last year about search analysis based on that course, um, the version that came out a year ago. Um, looking for very, very, very specific. Well, in this situation, what is the level of competition? Like, well, what if there is a Wikipedia post, but then there are no other blogs? What if, I mean, like very specific. And it's like, at this point, it doesn't matter. Like, if you think it's high competition or very high, like, if you're not sure, pick one, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and, and you might have ended up being wrong. And that's kind of the point is with search analysis, like everybody's flying blind. So we're giving you a framework to help give you some clarity, but it's not fully in focus because nobody actually knows the search volume and the competition. Well, the competition is made up of more than just what content is there. The competition is made up of um, what type of resource is the best fit for the search query. So forums are usually viewed as low competition, but sometimes they're the best resource because the person actually wants 50 people's opinion, not a blogger's opinion. Um, it's also made up of the authoritativeness of the site and the author um, on that particular topic, which is something you just can't really see when you're doing search analysis. So we can look at a resource and say, well, I could beat that one, but you don't, totally know that for sure. You can create a better resource. So go do it. The point is it's always going to be somewhat unknown. So we're giving you as much clarity as possible so that you can make an informed decision, but you're still going to write some articles that don't win. And you're going to write other articles that do a lot better than you expected. And on average, we're going to do a good job. Um, it's a process that's working. Yeah. So I think the thing there that, um, I won't say frustrates me because I, I think those questions are genuine and I'm happy to help with those. But the thing that's hardest for me when I hear that is um, what it tells me is probably this person is letting some sort of doubt hold them back from doing something, from taking the action that's going to work. If we spend three days quibbling about whether or not we should write an article, well, we should have just written the article and, and like three more. Right. Because... <laughs> um, we would have wasted way less time just writing the article. And if the article gets you no traffic, but contributes to your overall authority on the topic, then it was still a net positive. Right. Anyway, so just some thoughts around that. Um, the biggest thing for me about the blogging system is that it is, it's a system, but it's also, it's a foundation for the system. It's not complete. Mm -hmm. We have already identified several things that we want to add. Um, specific lessons, specific techniques that we just, at some point we had to cut it off and mm -hmm. say, no, if we're ever going to get this thing out there, yeah. we have to just publish. Yeah. And so that's what we did. Um, but there's more to come. If you've been watching the YouTube system at all, Nate's putting out a new lesson at least once a month mm -hmm. um, of things that still um, need to be added. Things that 
will still help. And we're doing the same here. Um, we will be, we have already identified several and it seems like almost daily I'm identifying more <laughs> <laughs> things that will help. Yeah. So we'll get them out there. Yes. We already have them in the planner. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Several of them. And we add them whenever yeah. like we have this idea. It's like, oh, we should teach that. <laughs> yep. I see them down there like for later. Well, now <laughs> we can start working on those. Yeah. There are a lot of like techniques and tactics and even strategies that um, we do them. We talk about them on the podcast, but they're not in our formal teaching. Mm-hmm. They eventually will be. And another part of, um, you know, trying to determine what a good search term is or whether to write the article or not, you know, like you said, Ricky, if you just write it, maybe it was a miss, but you learn something from yeah. that. You know, maybe that topic, it just doesn't have that much search volume, right. but that gives you a better idea of what to focus on mm-hmm. next. Yep. Yeah. In the YouTube system, don't we, Nate tells people to make videos before you even learn anything just to practice making videos like the same could apply with a blog post every time you write a blog post you're going to get a little bit better at writing a blog post that's a great point and one more thing i guess well no i think i'm good on that one (laughs) i I had something but really it wasn't that important um no i yeah i think we we get in we get started we get going oh that that's what it was and it is valuable um one of the lessons one of the later search analysis lessons um in one of the later phases talks about building on the data available to us. The, this is to Anna's point. The best and most accurate and complete data set you will get is when you have Google Analytics and Google Search Console actually telling you the number of impressions that you got on, um, on an article, like for specific search queries. That's the best data. You won't get that data until you have content. So write the content and then once you once you're in the rankings once you're there on page one you can feel confident that the real search volume is very close to the number of impressions that you got kind of like making youtube videos you're kind of shooting in the dark until you get some information of you know you get your information back a little bit sooner but still it kind of uh guides you in the direction that you should go next all right did you all have anything else (laughs) i have one thing um just a little announcement sort of more like a request um, some of you have maybe heard, if you've been around a little while, the history that <laughs> we had with Empire Flippers. Jim had a negative experience selling, um, improved photography and they, anyway, there's a, there's a whole story there. It, I have been talking with some people at Empire Flippers and I'm really impressed. We, I, we've used them before, um, before that incident. Um, I think that incident happened as a result of growing pains. Um, their, their, the demand on them was growing a lot faster than their team was able to grow and their processes were able to grow. We've experienced that. Um, many of you who have businesses, um, with customers, like those of you with content businesses have experienced that. Um, anyway, I've been talking with them quite a bit and I recently, I won't say sort of consulted, mostly just like observed as, um, as someone was having, was selling their site, someone the whole process of the valuation. I was there for all of the, the back and forth, all of the discussion, um, because I wanted to see uh, how it goes. And I'd like to do that some more. So if somebody is looking to sell a website and Empire Flippers is one of the companies you're considering to look at, um, if you would be willing to let me observe, uh, I, would, I would do it myself if I had a site I was ready to sell. Um, but before I'm ready to like endorse anybody or 
be an affiliate, I need to be able to see what their product looks like um, more than once. So if anybody is looking to sell their website and Empire Flippers is a place you're looking to go um, and you're willing, let me know. Um, send, send us an email, info at incomeschool.com. Um, send an email over or support at Income School. Either way, it'll get, it'll get through. Because I would love to just sort of be there, tag along. I'll be in your corner. Um, but also I'll be able to see more the the nuts and bolts of sort of how their process is working. Um, because based on conversations, I've been really impressed. But I want to see what it looks like when the rubber hits the road. So that's my request, um, putting it out there if any of you are. You can also tag me. I'll make sure <laughs> it gets there too. Absolutely. Yeah, that's right. Like reach out to us in the community. Yeah. Tag me in the community. Yeah. Uh, message Anna. Yep. And the community either way just get just let me know and um and we'll make it happen awesome all right well thank you so much everyone for listening to the project 24 blogging podcast and we hope you have a wonderful rest of your day Project 24 is a product of Income School LLC. Results mentioned are not typical. The trademark Project 24 refers to the goal of some people to create a successful business in 24 months, but is not a promise or guarantee of that success. Many online businesses fail because like any business, it requires hard work, skill, and dedication. Before making business decisions, consult financial and legal professionals licensed in your jurisdiction. So in short, the only person who can make your business successful is you. We are simply here to provide information to help you along the way.